Testing, testing, one, two, three. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? So whew, I'm looking at myself right now. Those of you that are tuning in, um, you're watching this. That's cool. Hey, guys, I'm here. You guys like my braids? Those of you that are listening, if you want to watch this, it's on my YouTube channel. It'll be posted down below. So watch, watch it. Watch, watch me. I, I just braided my hair, and I'm so happy to report that um, I just finished my 10-day juice cleanse slash fast today i only lost 11 pounds this time um but i did buy a bike so i'm going for like 20 more pounds because this pandemic has really caused, caused your girl, girl to, to kind of blow, blow up. up look look at my chin oh <laughs> so gross so i i opened up the podcast in a really somber way because it's happening again you guys like it, it's it's happening again we are we're, we're killing black folks again we're calling the cops on them trying to get them murdered because they tell us to leash our dogs like this is literally happening again it's being televised this time though and i was planning on going back to the regular podcast schedule you you guys know that um we talk about divorce co-parenting step-parenting mental illness um you know family dynamic but i just didn't feel like going back to such air quote menial topics when there's something so massive happening in our world today right now i Sheesh, I don't know where to start. You know, a couple of weeks ago, what was it, three, four weeks ago on episode 38, I had my friend Eddie on the podcast. And that was in, in response to Ahmaud Arbery, the young man who was just jogging in his neighborhood in Georgia. He was chased down by two white fellas in their pickup truck with rifles. Damn, that sounds like the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and slavery, pre and post slavery. But this was just the other day, um, a couple months ago. He was jogging in his community, and they thought he had done something wrong. They thought he was stealing because he looked suspicious in running clothes and running shoes and sweating and working out. And they told him to pull over and stop. And this dude's like, man, who the heck do y'all think y'all are? I'm not stopping for you. I'm not stopping. Like, who do you think you are? And so they chased him, revved up that pickup truck and chased him like a dog. They finally cornered him, cut him off. And there was another friend that was following them, by the way, who was recording this entire thing. That's how we know what it looks like, because they were confiscated that video from the friend who has also been charged with murder, by the way, because he did not intervene when his two trigger happy homeboys um, were chasing down to ultimately wrestle this gentleman to the ground. He was whooping up on one of them. So the son, there was a father and son combo. He went in the bed of the pickup truck stood over the young man and shot him to death shot him to death and some of the comments some of facebook is such a disgusting place sometimes because it really shows you the human mind and how we think so i can't say facebook is disgusting some people are just disgusting because a lot of people were like well he should have just stopped if you why didn't he just stop what (laughs) a boy a black boy running through the street running and jogging in his neighborhood should have stopped because two white guy suggested that he do it what, what where does that make sense at what authority one of them was a retired detective i believe and i believe i think they claimed that they were making a citizen's arrest or something like that but uh, i don't know i don't i mean miss naja don't know what she would do if somebody came up to her saying uh we're gonna hold you here lady we're making a citizen's arrest you better or citizen arrest this you know what i'm not gonna say it 
on the camera, these guys can be heard saying this N word is dead. So if you don't tell me this was not racially motivated, I think these guys kind of, you know, they watch one too many um, slave movies or they thought they were Confederate soldiers or some sort of demon, uh, racist demon just hopped in them for them for a moment. And they probably thought that they were their ancestors and they thought that they could totally get away with murdering this black boy because he didn't stop when they told him to because they suspected him of doing something wrong. It was found that he had never done anything wrong, by the way. He just literally left his mom's house to go for a daytime jog. His only crime to these particular men was that his skin was the exact same color as mine. So that's where we're at today, y'all. 2020. The two men weren't prosecuted. This issue was swept under the rug. But an angry attorney that heard about the case found out that the fellows were never prosecuted. They were home eating dinner with their families every night and leaked the video to the media. That's the only reason I know about this story. That's why you know about this story. And that's why those two fellows, those two racists are sitting in jail right now. So um, I hope they are prosecuted to the highest extent of the law and whatever God they serve. I hope that he thumps them down to a burning hellfire so that they can rotisserie for all of eternity. I mean, I don't know. So, you know, there's so many race issues to talk about. It's kind of exhausting because I haven't even got to where we are today. What's today's date? What, let me go look at my, my phone right now. Today is June 12th. It's June 12th right now. So um, two weeks ago, this girl named Amy Cooper, crazy Amy, as I so lovingly call her, Amy had a new rescue dog. She was walking him through Central Park, a couple of blocks from my apartment. So it's the part of Central Park that I always go to. I lay out a blanket, you know, go read my book or whatever. Think about the world, eat some edibles, you know, whatever. Mind my own damn business. Amy's dog is running around. Now, in Central Park in New York City, you got to have your dog on a leash. It's the law. There's signs everywhere. Leash your dog. Leash your dog. Pick up poop. And so there's this guy who was bird watching and I guess the dog was kind of disturbing him. And he asked her, he was like, hey, could you leash your dog? This woman went from like level nothing to level 100 on this dude. All because he corrected her. Basically, he was like, hey, can you follow the law, lady? Like, can you follow the law? Now, this guy's problem, you know, where he went wrong was he was black. He was a black dude correcting a white girl. That's where he went wrong. And you could tell by her reaction that her reaction was racially motivated because she called 911 on this guy. Now, when she did that, his phone was out. He's like, I'm recording you because, hey, you know, if you're a black person, you kind of know. You, I mean, straight up, y'all, you, you kind of know it's my word against theirs. And history has never really been on our sides, except for with OJ. And y'all, I mean, we kind of. I think OJ probably did that shit. So, you know, like history has never been on our side. Even when we've been 1000% correct, you know, it's kind of like this big black guy, this big threatening looking black man who is bird watching, <laughs> um, you know, his words against this beautiful, blonde, delicate, in distress white woman. You know, if the cops come up, who do you think they're going to believe? She knew that because as soon as she dialed 911 and the operator said hello, she turned on the waterworks. Operator, there's a guy here and he's threatening my life and my dog's life. And he's just like, can you guys help me? He's an African-American man. 
Now, you are like, nobody's stupid. That girl wasn't damn stupid. She knows that that meant cops were going to come to this park rushing to save her, the damsel in distress, with guns ablazing, ready to take this scary black man that was threatening her life down. She knew that they were probably going to come um, unguard and aggressive. The video got out. Video went viral probably that same night. And within a couple of days, Amy Cooper, crazy Amy, they, they took that rescue dog from her and she lost her job at a um, insurance insurance firm or something like that. Now, as you know, I, I think everybody that looks like me saw that and was like, okay, we've all kind of had it happen to us, but the microaggressions were not as outright. You know, maybe an Amy interviewed me and she didn't like the way that I spoke. Or maybe we just don't laugh the same jokes because culturally we are very different. That doesn't mean I can't do the job. That just means that, you know, people hire who they're more comfortable with. Um, I've seen these microaggressions literally in every facet of my life. But what Amy did was use her privilege to try to cause harm to another human being who she knew probably does not have the law on her side. She better be so glad that she it wasn't my husband at that out and I wasn't out there with her because I would have given her. A reason to call the cops. You know, I would have yelled at her. I'm not saying I would have done it. I'm not saying I would have popped her or anything. I just would have... You know, talk to her. Amy. They took Amy's dog. You know, she's got the dog back today, as a matter of fact. I saw it in the New York, New York Times or something like that. They gave her her job back. And Amy is going to find a job, an even higher paying job. She's probably going to change her name, move into a new building, whatever. I mean, you know, just... I think that justice for all doesn't i think certain of us know that it doesn't necessarily apply to us in the same way so we have very low expectations of the law and these are laws that were written um when people that when african americans enslaved africans especially they weren't even regarded as humans so the laws really didn't include us you know if you know uh, about american history and i do include black history enslaved african history because we are Americans. I do include us in American history. So, you know, if you look at that. And then here we are today. Dear God, George Floyd. George Floyd. George Floyd was a f uh, 49. I believe he was 49 years old. He was at the store trying to buy some Jamba Juice. Gave the clerk a $20 bill. Bought his stuff. Got his change. Went out to his car with his two friends waiting in the car to drink his juice. Now, the clerk thought that this was a fake $20 bill. So he called the cops. The cops, you know, already circulating the area. They pull up. The dude is still sitting outside the store. Now, if you're paying with counterfeit money, you're probably going to leave. You're like, ah, I got away. Probably going to leave, right? Mm -mm. And if you're like me, you don't carry one of those pens. You know, you hold a $20 bill in the air and or you, you have one of those pens. Like, you don't really think to do that. So I could very well, you could very well have a um, counterfeit $20 bill in your bag right now. So the dude is sitting out the car, out is sitting in the car with his buddies, doing whatever they're doing. Cops pull up behind him, tell him to come on out the car. They take him from around the car, put him in handcuffs, sit him down on the concrete for a while, and um, they do find the clerk said later that the twenty dollar bill was fake, but he said that more than likely the fella did not know. He was like, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew. He's like, a lot of people just don't know that, you know, the counterfeit money looks really good. But he's a clerk. He works in a store. He can tell. What happens next, though, is it is heartbreaking. I can't say it's unbelievable because it's literally like 
pictures from the past. It's literally something that plays over and over again in the minds of a lot of us because we've seen this story before. So what happened was the cop um, was taking the guy to the car, the gentleman to the car. Let me not call him the guy because it's very, that's not okay. George Floyd. I'm going to call his Mr. Floyd. He deserves his name to be called Mr. Floyd, Mr. George, George Floyd. Um, it was getting ready to take him to the car. I don't know if a scuffle ensued. A lot of the onlookers said that because he was handcuffed, he kind of tripped and fell. And so he plummeted to the ground. The officer then started using force, smashed a man's face on concrete. And this is June, you guys. So I imagine concrete right now here where I am, it's 95 degrees today. So I imagine you're having your face laid on concrete, like, like you're an animal, like you're a piece of roadkill. This police officer then, in his effort to, um, I, I can't say restrain him because George Floyd was in handcuffs and he was not moving. So I don't, I can't, I can only think of it was just pure hatred and evil. The officer rests his knee on George Floyd's neck, rests his knee on this man's neck. So his entire body weight is resting on this man who is on the ground in handcuffs on his neck. And for the next nine minutes, this man pleads for his life. I can't breathe. Get, can you get off me? I can't breathe. I, I, I can't breathe. I'm hurting. I can't see. Uh, then he starts bleeding out of his nose. And most of us know what's coming next. And then I believe in his own delirium. Or maybe truly heaven does exist. His mother died that same exact, exact day, by the way. Um. The previous year I believe heaven probably exists because then George Floyd which would turned out to be the last moments of his life started calling out to his mama 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 help me mama help me ultimately he took his last breaths with that man's knee in his neck now of course they're gonna say to clean it up that they tried to revive him put him in the ambulance, but you know, like did the electric shock thing on him. But you and I both know that that man died right there on the scene with his face on the pavement. And he was murdered in broad daylight by a police officer. What we saw happen, those of you that did watch the video, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. I just, I couldn't do it. It's just like reliving trauma. Cause that could have been my daddy. It could have been my dad. It could have been my son. That could have been my stepson. It could have been my brother, my uncle, my cousins, any one of my good friends, my husband. Dear God, I couldn't watch it. But those of you, you know, that can't, that did, you're traumatized even more than somebody like me who just saw a photo and maybe a 10 second clip. Um, and I, of course, I won't play the clip here today. Probably won't even post a picture of it because, you know, I don't, that's that's not how you don't want to glow out. That's not sending someone off to glory. That's a disrespect to their body. But the police officer, as he was looking, as he was sitting on this man's neck, resting his body weight on this dude's neck, on George Floyd, Mr. Floyd's neck. He was looking in the camera at whomever's phone that was recording him. He was looking dead in the camera. His eyes looked blank. They looked black. They looked like they were overtaken by pure evil. 
evil here is synonymous with he dehumanized George Floyd. He did not think George Floyd was human enough just to allow him to breathe. And I don't know who the hell the officer thinks he is taking a man's life. He didn't give that man life. But there was some sort of dark look in his eyes. And for those of you that watched it, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like he was void of of life. Clearly, he had no moral compass. And then the other strange phenomenon is there was three more officers with him, three more of his friends, his colleagues. They did nothing. Nobody grabbed his arms like, hey, man, get off him. Or nobody took their weapon out and said, get off of him. Now you're using deadly force. So guess what? That officer, because of public outcry, not because the government wanted to do the right thing, not because Minnesota was like, uh, oh, let's prosecute these dudes, because people got out in the street and started yelling and screaming and they're enraged. And some people started tearing stuff up and started looting and all that good stuff. You know, you got to have some looters. Charges were pressed and then the charges were upped a couple of days later. So these four officers have been charged with George Floyd's murder, took his life. Mr. Floyd's funeral, one of his funerals, he's having three, was yesterday. Um, a lot of celebrities attended, of course. I mean, you know, they got to do their PR thing. And, dude, I watched it. Oh, I watched it. And I just, I cried like I knew that, man, because I realized, shit, I do. I do. I know. I know him. I, I know, you know, that's just a dude from around the corner. That's That's a friend. That's a colleague. You know, that's somebody that looks like looks like me but to that officer and to amy cooper and to those two men that shot ahmaud arbery and to the woman in 1955 that accused emmett till of touching her he was later lynched by a mob of angry white men and by the way a few years later before she died in her memoir she admitted that she had lied that that 14 year old boy never touched her you know, for, for, for people like that, it's just, for the, in those cases, it's just all too familiar and painful. <sighs> so we've all seen this story before. And, you know, if justice happens, that would be great. That would be just awesome. But do we expect it? I honestly, I honestly can't say that, uh, you know, I just can't say that. I, I think justice what is going to happen as far as these people receiving the type of punishment they should because of hate crimes one thing that's beautiful that's come out of all of this and i hate that you know one black man had to be accosted by um a criminal woman in my opinion that girl calling the cops on that black dude that was bird watching i feel like that's attempted murder because you know what happens when you call the cops on a black man you're trying to get him hurt you know that the system does not favor him and they want to put him in that cycle in the penal system. They want to get him in there. You know, like they want to black people. We're still the minority in this country, but we make up um, the majority of the jail population, people that are institutionalized. So, man, come on now. Y'all know this is done. Don't and don't say it's because all black folks are criminals because <laughs> that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Most I mean, that's just it's not, you know. I pray and I, I just want you guys to just in your prayers tonight, just keep George Floyd's family, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, his murderer, the man that stalked and killed him in Trayvon's very own neighborhood. Trayvon was visiting his dad and his stepmom for the weekend. He was walking to the store to get some food. As a matter of fact, on his dead body, they found a pack of Skittles that he paid for from the convenience store. You know, he's just trying to go to the store. <laughs> visit his dad for the weekend my god and they killed a, a grown man fought him and killed him 
Well, Trayvon was, again, it's a big black boy. He was 17 years old, but the neighborhood watch guy, George Zimmerman, ugh, that name just tastes like sour coming out of my mouth. Yeah, but yeah, he was whooping him. George tried to stop him. Hey, where you going? This is my neighborhood. Remember, you know, they got to protect their neighborhood and make it great again and all that stuff. And the boy was like, man, get the F out of my face. Because these young kids, they, they you cannot play with them. They're not to be played with. They're not going to be, they're not going to bend over and say, Massa, I'm just, I'm just going home over there, Massa. No, because that's just not going to happen. And I'm not saying my ancestors were weak. They did what they had to do to survive. If they didn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. So I'm so thankful that they played like they were docile just so that they could get home. But the youth of today's generation, they, you know, they realize that that's not the case for them anymore because um, times have changed or, or so. We can't tell that to these deceased men, though, who just try to stand their ground and defend themselves or just live or just go get a drink of water or just go bird watch. We can't really say that for them. So, oh, um. That's where we are with that right now. I'm seeing, and you, I know you guys are watching the news. Look what's happening in the world. Everybody, and this is so cool. It's it's cute. It's you know, I mean, I, I if you basically if you don't post Black Lives Matter, that means you're a racist. <laughs> that's what that's. I feel like that's kind of what the media is telling us right now because almost every major company that and if I'm on their newsletter, like Geico and um um, I don't know. Starbucks or whomever I've literally gotten black lives matter from them and they've posted a nice statement about it and some seems really disingenuous it's like they're doing it so that they don't accuse of being racist and they still get those black dollars because you know they might shoot us up but um we still have a lot of buying power a lot of buying power we're still very much consumers black people um, but I see a lot of people that are genuinely wanting to become allies the protests in the streets the people that are out fighting, they're not all black people. They're Asian, they're Latino, they're white. These are people that are literally seeing what's happening and somewhere in their hearts, they're like, all right, this is some bullshit. This is, ha this is, this is not, this is, this is crazy. Y'all are literally killing these black dudes in daytime and no you're not being prosecuted. Nothing's happening. Even they're getting fed up. Even they are getting fed up. Even non-black people are now getting fed up and they are marching alongside us. They are angry and they are just as enraged as we are. I know why, though. I know why. It's because the difference between then and now, like back during the civil rights movement of the 50s, 60s, um, you know, we saw predominantly black people. That was right on the heels of segregation. But we did see some some white people out there getting sprayed and getting bitten by the big German shepherds. I mean, heck, I think I even saw Bernie Sanders getting dragged by cops a couple of times out there protesting. And um, the reason that I think it's so predominant now is because of the culture of blackness. It really has made a huge impact and a huge influence on white America. I went to a Jay-Z concert one time. The tickets was like four or $500. My homegirl gave me some tickets, by the way. I was not going to pay $500. I'm just not doing that. Um, it was all suburban white kids in the audience. It was all of y'all's kids. And they were standing right next to my black butt singing N-Word in Paris. And they knew every single word to the song. 
It was Jay-Z and Kanye, by the way. Knew every single word to the records. And I was like, oh my God, these Jay-Z is from the projects in Brooklyn and Kanye is from Chicago. His mother was a PhD, so he had a different type of upbringing. But I was like, look at the influence these black dudes have. I think the people that wanted racism to remain prevalent and for us all to stay um, divided, because, you know, divided, they, they conquer us when we're divided. The powers that be, rather, the people that need us to hate each other. And I'm going to get into that in, in a little bit later on my theories of that. But I believe they made the mistake instead of focusing on keeping us hating one another and keeping us divided. They saw a means of making more money. Capital. I believe capital and greed is one of the reasons why. Um, you know, we're in this position right now. They made the mistake of saying, you know what, we, we see money to be made off these people. So, yes, nah, it's OK. We're going to expose our kids to their culture. But what you did by the and I'm talking to the the powers that be that want to see racism survive. They made the mistake of allowing their children to be influenced by blackness. And now their children are growing up and they're running corporations and they're starting tech companies and they're choosing to go to diverse institutions and they're, oh, dear God, they're dating black people. They made the mistake of allowing their offspring to be influenced by black culture. And when you're influenced by something, you start to grow compassion for it. You start to empathize. You start to understand you start to see him as human and so these are the people that are out there right now marching and fighting in the street right alongside us all all day they're getting pepper sprayed they're getting tear gas they're getting shot up with rubber bullets just like us and so i'm so happy to see this happening i'm not happy to see anybody being hurt but i'm just the unity is something that the people that profit off of keeping us divided this is something that they've never intended and I, my prayer my hope is that it never ceases as a matter of fact that we only get stronger and i'm seeing so many companies major corporations people billion dollar corporations come together and take a stand and say things like black lives matter and they're upping their diversity initiatives and now they're understanding yes they've benefited off of white supremacy yeah they benefited from it one of the, you know, one of the things, uh, the extras that you get from white supremacy is white privilege. And they recognize I'm benefited. I've benefited from that. But now I'm going to use that to help other people. That is not what the white supremacists intended. They did not intend on that. They, they hoped that by teaching people, white people, that they were supreme. That they could dehumanize people of color so that people of color could always be commodities to be used at their disposal at one point it was indentured servitude and then it was hey let's just go ahead and chain them up and, and make them slaves and not even pay them which pretty much supported the beginning of america the united states when portugal got that grand idea to take some ships and go over to africa and start kidnapping kings and queens entrepreneurs mothers doctors architects put them in chains and shackles and ship them to European countries, ultimately ending up in the United States. When Portugal decided to do that all those years ago, that was when white supremacy began. And I'm pretty sure, you know, who I don't know what would it look, may have looked like back in that day when some fellas, surely it was men, just were sitting there like, hey, you know, we passed Africa on our ship and we they've allowed us to come into their communities 
they fed us, they've taught their taught us their customs, but they look really different from us. You know, you had some of the early explorers that went over there and said that these people are very primitive. They live in the jungle. They don't speak a certain language. They walk around with no clothes on. They deemed that as primitive. And so I believe that's when they started to dehumanize them and they came back with these studies. And so they must have convinced the king or queen or somebody, some explorer, some scientist that uh, it's okay. We can kidnap these people and make them come, come work our land and look how much profit we can make if we don't have to pay people for working. And so, you know, I imagine what that conversation must have been like. And God, I wonder where the souls of those people that decided that created that genocide against black people. I wonder where their souls are right now. Woo! I know where they ain't. <laughs> so, you know, with that being said, the idea that whiteness, white skin was more supreme, was better. It was the standard still stands true today. I was having a conversation, um, uh, stepmoms, there's an app called stepmoms. They invited me to come on their platform and speak today. And one of the ladies, Beth, Beth, Beth McDonald, she runs a community called the inclusive stepmoms. She was like, you know, I realized my privilege when I saw that the band-aids were all my skin color or the crayons match my skin color or the pantyhose were my skin color. And I had to go out and, you know, she said that she was trying to explain to her kid about racism. And she said, that's one of the things that she used. She was like, you see the standard. She was like, even looking at nude shoes, nude shoes are peach. Therefore fairer skin. Look, the skin is even called fair for God's sake. <laughs> therefore lighter, lighter skin, skin with less melanin. That's, that's a standard. So when you're trying to explain, um, why supremacy exists and how it's positioned itself throughout pretty much every culture. You got Indian people, people literally in India that are trying to bleach their people in India. Some of them are blacker than me, but they're trying to bleach their skin. Japanese, Chinese, Asian culture are bleaching their skin. Two of the countries besides here in the United States and African-American communities that bleach is highest skin bleaching is highest. India, some countries in Asia and of course Jamaica because Lord we know they'll go overboard y'all Jamaican Tony so you know the idea that spread across the entire globe that whiteness is the ideal is the standard it's straight up it's a damn it's a lie it's a lie that some narcissistic sociopath really some psycho came up with and it just took on legs and now there's people right now walking around that are still upholding that lie. And we know it's still being upheld when you can see a black man getting his face smashed by a white guy who thinks it's nothing. He has, as a matter of fact, the, the, the officer that murdered Mr. George Floyd, who was buried on yesterday, whose funeral, first funeral was yesterday. He had his hand in his pocket the entire time. Looks like just another day at the office for him. That's how that's how deep the dehumanization of people of African descent goes. People with darker skin goes. That's how deep it goes. It's it's a mental thing. I think it's just going to for some people, it's just going to have to be this thing that's unlearned. You know, and maybe he'll unlearn it in jail, baby, over in that yard. Because, I mean, the skin skinheads might protect him, but I don't know. <laughs> they might be like, dude, you're too rough for us. 
Mm. This has been a somber episode. You know, it's been a somber episode, but I hope that you've gained something from it. I penned an article on my blog, blendedinblack.com, and it's just talking about um, how to dismantle white supremacy, how we all, me and you and your family, your, how you can teach your children how to dismantle this ideal of white supremacy because everywhere we, we're starting to see people reject it. But then we're also going to start seeing people that are going to fight for it for dear life. Because with the ideal of white supremacy comes wealth for a very small percentage of people. And when you threaten people's livelihood, when you threaten their wealth, that's when they're going to get ugly. So it's on and popping, y'all. I'm here against this war, against one supreme race. Because I don't think that's the case. I do not think that's the case. I don't think one race of us is supreme over the other not blackness not whiteness not yellow red purple blue green none of it i'm not so arrogant to think that an entire skin color the fact that i have more melanin in my skin makes me better than you and you got me so messed up if you think the fact that you don't have enough melanin in your skin makes you better than me girl bye Oh, by, by the way, my book, girlby.info, please go visit girlby.info because my book is like, we've gotten over 15, 20,000 copies sold. I haven't counted yet, but anyway, I am Naja Hall. This is another episode of, I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall. I think I'll see you guys next week. If we don't get back to the regular every other Tuesday schedule, then I'll see you guys next Tuesday or something like that. But just love each other love each other ask your neighbor what you can do when you see racism say something if you see something say something your granddaddy your old ass uncle out there your redneck cousin call them out let them know that the days are numbered for hating people because they are black they are native american the days it's over time's up let them know that they want to be on the right side of history because there's just no place for that antiquated way of thinking as always, if you all want to reach me, if you want to have open dialogue, if you want to come on this podcast and talk about your issues or your experiences, if you want to ask questions, you know, please do that. Again, um, there's going to be some links here. I want you to check out uh, episode 38. I want you to check out this blog that I've just written about dismantling white supremacy. And also there's a small list. Um, if you are a person that really wants to dive into becoming an ally for people of color, for black people then there's a reading list that you can go through and it's just some really intense really good stuff and it's not going to make you hate yourself it's not going to make you hate your white ancestors it's not going to do all that it's really just teaching you a different perspective all right all right everybody i'll see you next time give your mother your dad uncles aunties give your black friends a kiss for me tell them naja sent you because i don't want them to pop you <laughs> oh my god I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Not your heart.